0: Throughout my life, and during much of my rabbinic work, I have been astonished by the power of ritual, ancient and contemporary, to transform lives. There is something about stepping into ritual space that expands us and focuses us and makes us aware of the larger cosmos. In ritual, we become conscious of our need for community, for the divine, and for self-knowledge. In ritual, we sometimes find healing. And I imagine that many of us need healing after a week of horrifying images, war, violence, and sorrow. I hardly have the heart to speak to you tonight. And yet I find comfort in this ritual of Shabbat. This Torah portion, Matot, from the Book of Numbers, contains a ritual that is both disturbing and enlightening. And maybe it will speak to us in our present moment. In order to begin to understand this ritual with you, I want to offer a few definitions of the word ritual. Joseph Campbell, the ritual theorist, says, a ritual can be defined as the enactment of a myth that is a sacred story. By participating in ritual, you are actually experiencing a mythological life. It's out of that participation that we learn to live spiritually. Renee Beck and Sydney Barbermetrick write, this is the purpose of creative ritual increasing balance and connection within ourselves, with each other, the world, and the larger rhythms and energies that bring stability and light to our lives. Ritual theologian Tom Driver writes, a ritual is moral territory, sometimes secular, sometimes religious, that has been staked out. Ritual marks the boundary at which wilderness, moral desert, or profane life stop. And finally, feminist theologian Starhawk writes, any ritual is an opportunity for transformation. To do a ritual, you must be willing to be transformed in some way. We who have gathered for Shabbat tonight are participating in a ritual at all of these levels. We have come here to open our hearts, to be comforted, to be transformed. We have come within these walls to create a boundary between our ordinary lives at our most deeply considered and present lives. We have come to remind ourselves of the rhythms of time and to try to find balance in a shifting, difficult, wondrous world. And we have come to be mythological beings, to recite prayers that make us players in the drama of the covenant between creator and creation and celebrants of the divine wedding that is Shabbat. In ritual, I have seen people reveal the softest and most vulnerable parts of themselves. And I have seen communities hold truths that are too elusive to be held. Ritual can help us through change, the way a mezuzah helps us through a doorway or a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah helps us grow up. And ritual can help us transform, reveal things we thought we couldn't say, what we pray for, what we regret, and what we love. And in Parshat Matot, we find a ritual. It's a ritual for war. In the parasha, there's a disturbing incident in which the warriors of the people Israel go into battle against the Midianites. They are victorious. After they are victorious, the Bible relates they kill many of their enemies. The text states that this includes women and children. From our perspective, it's a brutal and savage war. In the relating of this war, the Torah relates a ritual that is prescribed for the return of warriors to the camp. Stay outside the camp seven days. Everyone among your captives who has slain, every, everyone among you or your captives who has slain a person who has touched a corpse shall cleanse themselves on the third and seventh day. The warriors and their captives are to remain outside the camp for one week and wash themselves and their clothes and everything they have taken on the third and seventh day, and on the seventh day they are ritually clean of the violence and may enter the camp. If this cleansing ritual were an attempt to distance those who make war from the reality of what war is, or to distance us from what, it, from what death means, then it wouldn't be a healing ritual. But I want to suggest that this ritual embodies a need that we face. My dear student and colleague, Rabbi Stephen Alterescu wrote his brave and insightful rabbinic thesis on moral injury. Moral injury is a traumatic condition that arises out of the pain that soldiers suffer when they lose their ethical bearings in war. We often in our society confuse moral injury with post-traumatic stress disorder, but it's different. PTSD is a fear reaction to trauma. Moral injury comes out of shame. It comes from the shame we feel when we have taken actions that we find abhorrent when we have violated our sense of God's image in us. And it also comes from anger we may feel when those whom we trust, teachers, parents, superiors, commanders, bring us into morally ambiguous or confusing or wrong situations. And even after a soldier returns to society, moral injury can lead to violence and an to connect with others. And of course, this condition isn't only for soldiers. It is a reaction to living through morally chaotic circumstance. How do we help to repair moral injury? Rabbi Alterescu, after extensive research, suggests that one way we heal moral injury as individuals and as a society is by reconnecting to the empathic God, the God of love. And in order to reestablish our link to the moral universe, we need to consciously and in community tell our stories, reorient ourselves toward compassion, rebuild trust. (laughs) Rabbi Mark Gopin, who has spent his life working for peace, says something similar, that the way to peace is to listen to individual stories. And Rabbi Jessica profoundly reminded us last week of the importance of listening to one another. Ritual can provide a container to hear these stories and to enact the larger story in which we understand one another, even across divides. And this rebuilds empathy and trust. I decided to speak about this to you tonight because I feel sometimes surrounded by a chaos of multiple truths. I feel connected to everyone suffering, everyone who feels afraid and angry, and there are so many of those this week. Standing up here, I know in my head and can also feel in my heart that there are many feelings in this room. Some of us may relate to feeling angry or in conflict, even though we're not on the battlefield or in the war zone. Some of us are worried for those we love, Some of us just want sanctuary from the whole thing. Some of us are in pain about what's done in the name of war. Some of us are trying to think about when war is necessary and when it isn't. Some of us may relate to the journey of healing seeming long and hard, and some of us may relate to wishing for our leaders to know more than they do. No matter what we're feeling tonight, we've come here for the ritual of Shabbat. But I wonder if we might also enter this ritual in the book of Numbers and reorient ourselves toward compassion and somehow find one another. The ceremony I described, the one in Parshat Matot, involves a separation outside the camp. For our ancestors, that meant outside society, outside the boundaries of the normal. In this separated place, the individual who needed cleansing would undergo two cleansings on the third day and on the seventh day. Some of you may know that at mikvah or ritual bath, there are two cleansings. The first one is just to get rid of the schmutz. Right? The first one is just to actually clean off. The second one is the spiritual cleansing. And the ritual this parasha points us to with its two cleansing makes me wonder if we have a twofold journey. If we need to do the work of healing and transforming ourselves and the world, and then we need to spiritually approach God, reapproach God and one another. This twofold ritual of cleaning and of reapproaching is for everyone. In the biblical text, it specifically tells us that it's for our fighters and theirs, for everyone who's touched violence. In healing ritual, we strive for there to be no sides. I want to go back with you for just a moment to the definition of the word ritual. Moral territory, marking the boundary where moral desert stops. An opportunity for transformation. The increasing of balance and connection within ourselves, with each other, the world, and with the larger rhythms and energies that can bring stability and light to our lives. If joining in ritual can do these things, then it can be part of healing us. Like the candlelight ritual, candlelighting ritual Rabbi Tamar Elad Applebaum and Sheikha Ibn Sam Hamid created to pray for peace, asking us to light an extra candle on Friday night, a time that overlaps the sacred for Jews and Muslims to remind us that we are connected and that we wish for an end to violence. Our world needs much more than ritual. I wish I could light Shabbos candles and make it all go away. But if ritual is an opportunity for transformation as our ancestors have believed and hoped, then maybe it is a place for us to start. So I would like to ask you to engage in a brief ritual of healing with me tonight. If you feel called no matter from where you came tonight, please be outside the camp with me for a moment. Outside the words, and outside the boundaries, and outside the walls, just for this moment. And let's immerse in a ritual bath of song together. We call this a sonic mikveh And in this ritual bath of song, see what healing we can coax to come.